Frankie, come. Come on. Frankie, come. Good boy. Good boy. Sit. Good boy. Down. Down. Good boy. And stay. Stay. Good boy. How about you? Can you sit down and stay for the next half hour? This is Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. Hello there. This is Devin from Canada welcoming you to the December 2021 edition of Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. Let's let Merle Haggard get the festivities underway with a song called Bobby Wants a Puppy Dog for Christmas. Bobby wants a puppy dog for Christmas That's the only song we hear him sing Santa, please remember Bobby's lonely The closest neighbor's farm is quite a ways And the country school don't have no children Bobby's size and I'd like to give him something he can raise And Bobby wants a puppy dog for Christmas I know you plan to bring an electric train But Bobby wants a puppy dog for Christmas And that's the only song we hear him sing Butch and Susie won't be here for Christmas And he won't see his cousins now of spring If we can find a playmate he can play with Santa, that'll be all you have to bring And Bobby wants a puppy dog for Christmas I know you plan to bring an electric but Bobby wants a puppy dog for Christmas That's the only song we hear him sing I happen to be the guide and service dog reporter for a company in Canada called Accessible Media Incorporated. And so when it came time for last year's holiday kitchen party, as they call it, I kind of decided that I should provide a story or something about a guide dog. And uh, I'll get my chance to do something about service dogs uh, maybe next year. So I wrote uh, a story called Ophthalmo at the North Pole. When Mrs. Claus 
reached Santa's workshop with a big apron full of children's last-minute letters, she expected to see her husband standing over one of his many elves, giving a kind word of advice, so that the toy that was being made would turn out just right. Instead, she found him sitting in a corner, fumbling with a screwdriver. Are you taking a break? she asked incredulously. I thought you'd be hard at work. I can't at the moment, dear, he answered. You can't work? she asked, more puzzled than ever. Christmas Eve is only a few days away, for goodness sake. I can't see very well, he told her. Everything is a big blur. Mrs. Claus dropped the letters onto a nearby table. Let me drive you to the hospital, she said. No, dear, he replied. I can't leave the elves unsupervised. She opened her mouth to argue with him, but thought better of it. Very well, she said. I'll be right back to read today's pile of children's letters to you. With that... She was gone as fast as her legs could carry her. As quick as a wink, she returned with a doctor at her side. Santa, she began a little hesitantly, I decided that if I couldn't lead the horse to water, I'd bring the water to the horse. This isn't a situation to be trifled with. Surely you must know that. Hello, Santa the young physician said, before Santa could say anything. My name is Dr. Snow. I'd like to have a look in your eyes with my special instrument here. By the way, do you happen to have diabetes? The young doctor asked, as he glanced down at the rather substantial belly, before leaning in for a better look into Santa's eyes. Well, our family doctor has said that my blood sugar is a touch on the high side, Santa admitted, but, but nothing, Santa, Dr. Snow interrupted, holding up a finger. You have lots of bleeding going on there at the back of both eyes. It's a condition called diabetic retinopathy. You need to come to the hospital immediately so that we can get these blood vessels lasered and save as much of your sight as we can. Once Santa and Dr. Snow were well out of earshot, Mrs. Claus moved in to take charge. Hello, everyone, she greeted loudly, raising a hand to quiet the din of chatter, drilling, sawing and hammering. I have something to tell you. Santa has had to go to the hospital for emergency eye surgery. I need to be with him, but before I go, I need to know who is the chief elf. I am Mrs. Claus, Snicklefritz answered, stepping forward. You go to be with Santa, and don't worry about a thing. We have plenty to keep us busy and out of mischief. Please tell Santa that we love him. 
On her way to get her parka and purse, Mrs. Claus stopped in at the office to call a friend who worked at a guide dog training center in southern Canada. Oh my, that's terrible, Jane exclaimed when she heard what had happened to Santa. But what will we do? Mrs. Claus asked. Christmas Eve is at the end of the week. How will he ever manage on his annual trip around the world? Is there any chance that Santa might be able to borrow one of those well-trained dogs of yours? Jane was saddened to hear her friend's voice cracking under the stress. But she had to be practical. The request that Mrs. Claus was making was fraught with danger. Still, she found herself struggling to find a solution. I can't give you an actual guide dog with a harness, Jane explained. That would be very unprofessional and unsafe to let Santa loose with a young dog who hasn't had a lot of training with an honest-to-goodness blind person yet. But, she continued slowly, as an idea took shape, I do know of a retired guide dog in Yellowknife named Othelmo, who is looking for a home. Othelmo means I, you know. Santa would have to walk with him on leash, but at least the dog would keep him away from accidentally falling off the edge of a roof, because the dog wouldn't want to fall off either. He wouldn't be able to slide down the chimneys like Santa does, though, she concluded. Mrs. Claus chuckled as she wiped away tears. Oh, no problem there. Our chief elf, Snicklefritz, will help Santa to distribute the presents. Santa will need him to read labels anyway. Before they knew it, Santa and Mrs. Claus had a new addition to their family in the form of a lean and lanky yellow lab. When the sleigh was packed tight, Chief Elf Snicklefritz snuggled himself between Ophthalmo's front paws, and they were off. Let's listen now to another appropriate song of the season. It's Jean Autry and Poppy the Puppy. There are pups and pups and dogs and dogs, they're all nice, you'll agree. But there's one little pup I know you love especially. Poppy the Puppy lives right in Santa Claus town. And though he's just a little pup, he's funny as a clown. Poppy the Puppy hops up on Santa's sleigh. He helps him load his pack of toys, then barks, we're on our way. Poppy holds the reindeer reins between his fluffy paws, while climbing down the chimney goes good old Santa Claus. Poppy the puppy loves little girls and boys. He checks the list, you won't be missed. You'll get your share of toys. ¶¶ 
checks the list, you won't be missed, you get your share of toys. Poppy the puppy lives right in Santa Claus town, and though he's just a little pup, he's funny as a clown. Poppy the puppy hops up on Santa's sleigh. He helps him load his pack of toys, then barks, we're on our way. Poppy holds the reindeer reins between his fluffy paws. While climbing down the chimney goes good old Santa Claus. Poppy the puppy loves little girls and boys. He checks the list, you won't be missed, you get your share of toys. A few years ago, there was a young lady named Lee Storm who established what she called the Synthocast Players. In fact, it was a number of computer voices, and she used to... uh, she wrote a play called A Most Unusual Vacation, which you can still get uh, through the uh, uh, Global Voice Productions. So I would uh, highly recommend that. Unfortunately, Lee is no longer with us, but her work lives on in a poem by Brandy Arnold called "'Twas the Night Before Christmas, Guide Dog Edition." "'Twas the Night Before Christmas, Guide Dogs Edition." By Brandy Arnold. December 11, 2014. "'Twas the Night Before Christmas." Copyright 1996, Jenine Stanley. "'Twas the Night Before Christmas and the kennels were still, with most dogs now asleep having eaten their fill. The Labradors sprawled out, quite snug in their beds while visions of anything edible danced in their heads. And the Goldens and Shepherds curled up on the floor, some twitched in their sleep and some even did snore. The dog food was stacked in the feed room with care, in hopes that a trainer soon would be there. On the window ledge, one of the kennel cats lay, surveying the lawn at the end of this day. Something was different, that little cat knew. Tonight something would happen, it had to be true. For that day as the workers had left to go home, they'd wished Merry Christmas. Before starting to roam. The dogs had noticed it too, during this past week's walks, the trainers seemed just that much happier and eager to talk. In the mall where they worked through the maze of people and stores there were decorations and music and distractions galore. Most dogs pranced along without worry or fear, but some balked at the man on the sleigh and those fake-looking deer. The cat was almost asleep when he first heard the sound, a whoosh through the air and a jingle around. It reminded him of a dog's collar when the animal shook, but this sound kept on growing. He'd better go look. From the ceiling there came a faint sort of thunk, as the kennel cat climbed to the highest pile of junk. Once before people had worked on the roof and come down through the trap door to a chorus of woof. But the dogs still were quiet, all sleeping so sound as this man dressed in red made his way right on down. He patted the cat as he climbed past his spot, then made his way right to the trainer's coffee pot. A shepherd sat up, not fully awake, then a golden followed her with a mighty loud shake. That did it. All the dogs sprang to life with loud noise. In spite of the din, 
The old man kept his poise. He filled the pot full and it started to brew, then he pulled up a chair and took in the view. Dogs all around him, so carefully bred, he knew well their jobs, the blind people they led. Some had stopped barking and looked at him now, while others delighted in their own deafening howl. Laying a finger in front of his lips, the jolly old man silenced the excitable yips. You all may not know me, but I'm Santa Claus. The old man smiled and took a short pause while he filled up his mug with hot liquid and cream. I've always wanted to stop here. It's been one of my dreams. The cat had climbed down and was exploring Santa's sack. Yes, little kitty, that's an empty pack. Santa smiled as he drank and looked at those eyes, deep brown ones and gold ones held wide in surprise. Some of these dogs, he'd seen just last year. He'd seen the effects of a pup on the tree. But now they were here at the school, just waiting to be. I didn't bring you presents or bones just to chew. I'll tell you something better, what you are going to do. You all will work hard and the trainers will share both praise and correction, gentle and fair. You'll go lots of places and face big scary things. You'll ride buses and subways and hear fire sirens ring. Cars will drive at you but you will stand strong, not moving into danger, not moving toward wrong. And then just when you think that this trainer is the best, the kindest, and funnest person, toss away all the rest. The trainer will begin to ignore you and give you away, handing your leash over despite your dismay. Now the person who pets you and feeds you will be a blind person. That's a person who can't see. This man or this woman may see just a tad, but their view is missing parts or the focus is bad. So you, while trained dogs, will act as their eyes. You will work as a team and discover the size of this great world we live in, because you will go a million new places with this person, you know. Santa sipped at his coffee and looked over the brood, knowing what he had to say next might sound kind of rude. Not all of you will make it and become canine guides. Your time here isn't wasted though. You won't be cast aside. Some of you will be drug dogs and some will find bombs. Some will become pets in a home with a dad and a mom. All these things are important. People wait on long lists to receive such good dogs as you, the school folks insist. The last drop of coffee had gone into his cup as Santa turned, smiling at each wide-eyed pup. The best gift of all is to give something back. That's why there's nothing for you all inside of my pack. Draining his mug, Santa went to each pen, and petted and scratched each dog again and again. Now next year and many more years after that, you all will give gifts wherever you're at. You might lick a hand that's in a bad day, or notice a car and step out of the way. You might help catch a crook or discover some loot, or just bring some joy to a tired old man in a funny red suit. Your master will love you and treat you with care. In return, your training and trust will always be there. After the last dog had been petted and soothed, Santa put away the coffee pot and made ready to move. Up the ladder he rose to the door high above with a smile and a wave as he slipped on his gloves. And all the dog ears were pricked as he disappeared out of sight. Merry Christmas to all. And to all, a good night. A few years ago, I came across a poem with no author named, but I really liked it and I thought that I would include it on my CD, which I called Gone to the Dogs and Loving It.
Here's a festive poem whose author is unknown, which is entitled, A Puppy's Christmas. It's the day before Christmas, and all through the house, the puppies are squeaking an old rubber mouse. The wreath, which had merrily hung on the door, is scattered in pieces all over the floor. The stockings that hung in a neat little row now boast a hole in each one of the toes. The tree was subjected to bright-eyed whims, and now, although splendid, it's missing some limbs. I catch them and hold them. Be good, I insist. They lick me, then run off to see what they've missed. And now, as I watch them, the thought comes to me that theirs is the spirit that Christmas should be. Should children and puppies yet show us the way and teach us the joy that should come with this day? Could they bring the message that's written above and tell us that most of all, Christmas is love? Here's another oldie but goodie. It's Adam Faith and a lonely pup in a Christmas shop. Soft brown eyes that seem to say Stay a while, I want to play Would you, could you do please stop He's a lonely pup in a Christmas shop Thank you, lady, thank you, sir Is there someone else that you'd prefer? He's not selfish, just a flop Though he wags his tail in a Christmas shop Mr. Santa, if you would Send him someone else so good Someone who will take him home For everyone to see Christmas time, a Christmas tree With a happy family Pity him, he's got no pup He's a lonely pup in a Christmas shop Mr. Santa, if you would Send him someone else so good Someone who will take him home For everyone to see Christmas time, a Christmas tree With a happy family Pity him, he's got no pup He's a lonely pup in a Christmas shop listen to another cut from Gone to the Dogs and Loving It, and this really and truly did happen. Here's one of several poems that I've written about the Robinsons, my friends in Peterborough, Ontario, whom I've known since September of 1963. The poem is called A Canary Named Puppy. I've purchased your Christmas gift Barbara remarked as she grinned her most impish of grins. And as casual as her mother pretended to be, she was really on needles and pins. Yes, Barbara taunted. It's paid for and all, 
and it's waiting at the local pet shop. But that was all that her daughter would say. Not one more hint would she drop. What on earth can that Christmas gift be? Mother wondered as she lay tucked in bed. Then a dog outside in the kennel gave a bark, and an idea popped into her head. I think I have it. Why, yes, I've got it, she announced triumphantly. Barbara knows how much I love dogs, and she's bought a new puppy for me. With each passing day, Mother's eagerness grew, and her mood was ever so merry. But when Christmas Day came, the pup she expected turned out to be a canary. To be perfectly frank, Mother's feelings were mixed. But she vowed to remain chin-uppy. So she smiled anyway and declared on the spot that she now owned a canary named Puppy. And that will just about bring another year of Spotlight on Assistance Dogs to a close. I would continue to encourage you, though, to send me anything that you hear about guide hearing and service dogs in your country. And that is anywhere around the world, of course. And you can do that by emailing me at spotlight at theglobalvoice.info. That's spotlight at theglobalvoice.info. I would like to wish you a Merry Christmas, Joyeux Noël, Feliz Navidad, Bon Natale, Melikulikimaka, Happy Kwanzaa, and a generalized happy holiday. We'll finish with a, a song that I found in uh, on our Guide Dog Users of Canada list a number of years ago, and the instructions were that it was supposed to be sung to the tune of Silver Bells, and uh, we probably should have found a better singer, uh, but there was only one to be had at the time that this recording could be made. So we'll just go with it, and it's called Tennis Balls. All the best in the coming year, and we will see you on the third Friday of January. Bye for now. There are dog toys that bring great joys tucked away neath the tree. But we only want one thing this Christmas. Oh, we're hopeful and so thankful. Just imagine our glee when on every couch cushion we see tennis balls, tennis balls, perfection round and inviting. 
Wish list, you'll 